This show was made at Access Radio Taranaki in New Plymouth, thanks to New Zealand On Air. For more local content, search for accessradiotaranaki.com. Jamie Klein is Westport Mayor and tonight I talk with Jamie about the growth on the coast, the tourist attractions such as the Deniston Incline and I talk with Tony Gibson about scenic attractions, roading and staffing for the tourist motels and hotels. There are new attractions such as the treetop walk and the zip line which I would urge travellers to patronise this summer. You'll find them really interesting. Well, let's go to Westport and catch up with me and Jamie Klein. Good afternoon, Jamie. Good afternoon, Neville. Jamie, tell us a little bit about yourself, because it's interesting knowing just what Meryl's background is. I take it that you're a rural mayor? Yeah, that's right. So um, well, currently I'm the mayor of Buller, obviously. That, uh, that covers quite a big patch, um, from Karamir in the north uh, down to Punakaiki, which is sort of our boundary with the Grey District. And then we go inland all the way up to the top of the Lewis Pass. Um, so we take in Reefton and, the, and a good part of the Maruya um, Valley as well. So big patch. Um, but prior to being the mayor, uh, I did a term on council and then became the mayor last term. And I've just been re-elected to do my second term. But prior to all of that, I was a um, dairy farmer for 26 years. Um, and uh, just a small family farm. Um, my own boss, father passed away when I was quite young, so I've sort of been running my own ship since I was about 21, 22. Oh, yeah. And, um, yeah, and then got into the local government. So, um, yeah, and, and I really did that initially as a as a personal challenge, something to get me off farm and, and get my head around, something to, to sort of learn up on and things yeah. like that. And it's sort of gone quite well and ended up being elected as the mayor. So, um, yeah, quite enjoying it. And there's, uh, you know, lots of challenges for the district that are, that I'm sort of up to, um, to navigate our way through. Well, congratulations on the mayoralty re-election anyway, Jamie. Now, you've got a lot of attractions there, but before we get on to them, you mentioned you were farming, you were dairying. Where did that milk go? Did that get carted all the way down to Hokitika to get processed? Yeah, certainly in, in my whole farming career, it all went to Hakatika. Um, back in my father's day, there was a, there was a, um, processing in Karamir and, and some other smaller ones on the west coast, but they all ended up being rolled into, in what became Westland Milk Products, which was a co-op, and then eventually, um, um, sold out to an overseas buyer, um, about, you know, only a couple of years before I, um, gave it up. So yeah, so all the milk on the whole west coast goes to Hakatika. Um, they do a great job, um, largely milk powder, um, and, and butter processed down there. And, um, yeah, so they've, they've been doing good. They're a key industry on the West Coast and certainly a key contributor to Buller as well. well is there any other type? Well, I mean, you're, what, livestock grazing or raising heifers there? Is there any sheep graze down there? Ah, uh, look, very few sheep now, really. I think um, yeah. predominantly dairy and a little bit of dairy support, which is what I'm doing now. And, um, you know, there has been a few deer and things over the years, but... Um, um, the main sheep um, in, in the district, there was a little bit in the Grey Valley, um, and then uh, Landcorp, the Landcorp farms used to have significant numbers of sheep. I think they've still got a few thousand out there, but it's uh, certainly not like the, the old days. That no. A lot of that's been converted to, uh, to dairying and dairy support. So I understand that the economy of the West Coast has grown by 79%, uh, or 79 million rather. Whereabouts has this all occurred? Have you got any information as to how we can help the listeners? 
Yeah, look, the, the West Coast has had a, um, like, so I guess going back the last couple of years through the COVID period and things has, has had a really, um, varied results, you know, for each district. So, um, so Westland and, and Grey were quite heavily reliant on the international tourists. Um, and Buller sort of wasn't. Our offering always tended to attract, um, more of the domestic, um, uh, tourism and adventure tourists and stuff like that. So, um, right through the COVID period, um, Buller actually, in fact, a lot of our, Accommodation houses and um, and um, you know the main street retail and things were actually up 18 to 20 percent on their pre-COVID times right through the the downturn when the borders were closed because Kiwis had always been had always chosen Buller and they certainly continued to choose Buller in their droves so so Graham Westland got a hammering there um, and I think that that some of that the the new numbers now are being reflected in that way so Buller's been kind of boosting the West Coast's overall GDP um, result. Um, but the, I think that probably the big player has been um, coal is going quite well internationally in terms of product return, and so is dairy. So I think they'll be the key drivers of the broader West Coast uh, economic um, economic outcome. But the um, but certainly the buller has, has done really, really well and, and shone a bit above our neighbours, but probably mainly for those reasons, I think, around the COVID thing. Now, when you talk about coal, is that exported via Westport Port or railed over to Christchurch? Uh, no, it's exclusively railed, uh, really, to over the Midland Line. So from Buller, Westport, it goes uh, through the Buller Gorge to Repton, down to Stillwater, and then over the, what they call the Midland Line, so over to, um, to Canterbury and exported out on ships from Littleton. Um, and so almost all of the coal from Buller is export. Um, and it's the it's the high grade coking coal, so key ingredient in steel mills um, around around the world, really. And some of those some of those steel mills have been customers of Stockton Coal. That's the name of the mine just north of uh, Westport. Some of them have been uh, customers of Stockton for 40 plus years. Um, so um, the coal and the chemical composition of it, if you like, is a is a um, as you know, is a key selling point in those plants and those um, steel producing factories around the world have been uh, built largely to suit the coal that's coming from here. Right, now you've touched on the coal mining. What about other mining for other minerals down there? Because there's quite a few of those used nowadays and you can find them on the coast, can't you? Yeah, that's right. I mean, the coast has a lot of alluvial gold and there's certainly, um, certainly in the bullet, there's probably less alluvial gold. But um, a couple of, couple of good news stories in the mining space or changes in the mining space is um, probably the first one to talk about is Reefton. Um, and so Reefton's always been a, a really historic gold mining town and um, a company called Federation Mining are busy um, exploring and tunnelling under what was the old Blackwater um, um, vertical shaft mine that um, was flooded in the 50s. And uh, so they're tunnelling in from private land. I think it's a two-and-a-half-kilometre um, tunnel into there to exploit that gold um, right down, I think there's something a few hundred metres below sea level, uh, which mm. is... a which is pretty impressive. So that was so those guys are going really well, and they've been a key employer and things into the into Reefton uh, in the broader Buller. And I think Grey definitely benefits a bit from that mine as well because it's sort of down the Grey Valley from there. Um, and then closer to home here in Westport, or just on the outskirts of Westport, um, the heavy mineral sands mining uh, business is just getting underway. So they've all consented now, and the first trial shipments have gone out um, or are going out round about now. Um, for um, for ilmenite, um, garnets, and that sort of thing. So, um, so that's a that's likely to um, again employ you know sort of up to a sort of hundred people or so if, as it gets established. And um, again, good operator jobs. Um, so a good ally to the to the broader mining sector on the, on the west coast and in Buller. Um, and I know those guys like the, the heavy mineral sand 
uh, sort of the raw ingredients, the the old sand country, you know. So it's not talking about the beach; it's it's back from the beaches. Yeah. Uh, but it's uh, you know, there's plenty of it on the whole west coast, so it's a bit of bit of a um, get this bit of a you know trial industry, get it going uh, out of Buller, and, and obviously there'll be interest on other parts of the west coast as they as they get their um, methodology and their logistics and that planned uh, proven rather. Um, and, and so, what, and the other really good thing is it's um, is it's they're keen to use the uh, coastal shipping, um, which hasn't really been a thing for for a lot of years now. So um, they'll be looking to export it um, from the ports of Westport and potentially Greymouth in future, you know, as they get going. So um, so that's really cool. That'll give us a good base load out of our port, and uh, all of a sudden, you know, you've got a business for our dredge and things like that that we need to keep the port operating. So um, we're quite excited about that, and um, and look forward to them getting going proper in 2023. Uh, yeah, that sounds jolly interesting. Now, I think when we had the white pippy iron sands up here, I think the stuff was pumped out through a, physically a big pipe of some description. Is that how you will do it there? Um, no, I think they're, they're looking at a um, sort of a barging system that will go out and rendezvous oh. with bigger vessels off the, off the coast and transship it. Um, because I think you're talking about for this, that they're aiming to sort of concentrate the sand to, to reasonably small volumes. So, you know, like, like a few thousand tonne, but not hundreds of thousands of tonne per shipment. So, you know, it'll be, a, um, it'll be kind of like a, get a, get a load ready and spend a day or two, uh, transshipping it to a, to a bigger vessel, I think is the, is the ultimate, yeah. um, aim. Yeah. Well, there's no road upkeep there, is there? Yeah, no, it's <laughs> really good. I mean, it makes a lot of sense and it supports the broader port infrastructure. So, you know, you get that. Established as a viable um, business, then uh, you know there's no reason why the port then can't be used for bringing in you know fertilizer or, or shipping out logs or whatever else that could be used over that port. Once you've kind of got that core, um, you know, stevedoring and piloting and things like that sorted, it's um, it it's makes sense to put whatever you can over the port. And, and certainly, um, the West Coast very conscious of the of the risk of what they call AFA, the Alpine Fault. Um, overdue oh. to go, um, and when that goes, you know, it's, the advice all is that it'll be our, our river ports that are probably going to be the first um, point of entry for any kind of um, recovery or rescue effort and things mm-hmm. like that. So, so the more resilient and the more of that equipment that's uh, that's you know facility that's up and running and viable, um, obviously helps a lot for resilience purposes as well. Jamie, we've got a few minutes left, but we've done very little about tourist attraction. Now, the one that's I wanted to really chat to you about is you've got what is reputed to be the eighth wonder of the world, but it's not used nowadays, and that's the Deniston, uh, well, what would we call it, incline, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was an absolute engineering feat, and it's real, it is one of our, our key sort of historic sites to go and visit um, up there, modern marble, really, where they set up a, a, a well, like a, a rail kind of thing down a very steep, um, incline, so the, uh, the the full wagons going down pulled the empty ones back up, and that was to transport coal from up on the Denison Plateau down to um, to the rail wagons down below, and, and then onwards into town. And them days, that was all shipped out through the Westport port. Um, so yeah, I think back close in the 50s, but so you know, relatively recent history. But um, there was a whole town and a whole um, village, and a lot of people. Um, born in Deniston, had a hospital and schools and things up there, and, and there's largely uh, only a handful of houses left, and, and some historic sites uh, detailing all those stories. So, yeah, well worth a visit if you're in Westport. Yeah, I don't know whether you do a bit of reading, but I can't think of There was two books based on Deniston. I can't think what the latest one was, but I know there was uh, one woman wrote uh, two or three novels 
about the dentist and incline, and I always thought, man, I want to get down there before I finally get laid to rest, and I just sort of thought, Shimp, that would be they do uh, tours around it, uh, Jamie? Um, most of it's self-drive now, so there, oh. there, was a, there was some tourism for a while, but you just drive up there, find your way up there, and then some, there's good um, good information boards, and you, you know, and they've reenacted or, or um, you know, set up a static display of some of the incline. You can get a really good feel for what it was like up there. Um, and I think the, the book you think of, the one I can think of, is was the Denison Rose by um, Jenny Patrick. So um, that told a little bit about the the life of of a, um, of a person living up there. I understand, yeah. Yeah, now this one I don't want to put you on the spot, but have you heard of a West Coast schooner? West Coast schooner? Yeah. Uh, I've heard of it, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I've got four of them here, and back in the youth, you used to, the half G used to be a very handy thing for taking your beer around, and, but the uh, West Coast schooner, I got four of them, and they could take a flagon, and your four mates were right, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, it's probably it's probably a throwback from the um, from the mining days. Um, those, those coal miners used to get pretty dry, uh, especially the ones working underground, <laughs> so uh, probably what drove that history. <laughs> yeah, well, that's been jolly good having a chat with you, Jamie. Uh Thank you for the impromptu interview and uh, go well, my friend. And uh, I think it could be a tough year ahead. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm pretty hopeful. I think we're looking, there's a lot of good stuff happening. And uh, yep, bring on 2023. Thank you, Jamie Klein. Gary Moore had a funny for me this morning. We forgot to put it in, but here it is now. Would you like to repeat it, please, Gary? I certainly would. Um... The, uh, there was a, a construction site uh, next, with a convent next to it, and the nun was looking out the one of the nuns was looking out the window, and she thought oh, I might try and convert some of these boys. So next smoko next day, she went over with her packed lunch, and, and she sat next to the boys, and she said, "Do any of you boys know Jesus?" And they all looked sort of confused and embarrassed, and looked at each other, and. What Joker at the end of the of the table stood up. And he looked up about four floors, and there's a mate working there. He said, "Hey Ben," he said, "Is anyone up there called Jesus?" And Ben says, "No, no." He said, I "Don't think so." He said, "Why are you asking?" He said, "Well, tell him his mother's here with his lunch." <laughs> good one, good one. Well, let's go to Greymouth and catch up with Mayor Tanya Gibson and learn what's been happening down there. Good afternoon, Tanya. Good afternoon. Tony, I read that your economy has been growing down there. Whereabouts in, the, well, the district, does it, does it all happen? Is it farming? Is it industry? Is it housing? Um, there's certainly a lot of, um, you know, construction jobs, hospitality, health. Health is really a big issue for us. We certainly need to get more employment in that, but a lot of it in primary um, industry. We certainly need engineers, planners, conservation jobs. It's, it's certainly growing, that's for sure. But I think, though, we can see now that the boom and all the shortages and a lot of the issues are starting to catch up, which starting to level out now. Ah, yeah. And uh, you've had a little bit of an update on uh, social media. Can you tell our audience more about your jade carving students? Is that something that's uh, taking off? Yes, well, we have um, a great jade carving um, course over at our 
local polytech at the Tipu Kanga. They, um, over the years, it's just absolutely grown phenomenally. And I went to their, um, I always go to their exhibition at the end of the year and it always surprises me, the talent and, and what that course produces. It's, it's really phenomenal and everything, like all the students produce different things. So it's amazing what they can make out of the same, you know, same stone with different things and different ideas and they're doing very well. Oh, very good. Dynamite Point Redevelopment, now we've talked about this before, is it closer to production now? Um, Dolmite Point it is, it's um, getting out of the ground now with construction and I've heard some great developments out there, it seems to be pumping along, we've got quite a lot of um, commercial construction, Punakaiki is just out of our district but on the border yeah. but we still count it you know, as ours but, um, as well but the um, Dolmite Point is progressing very well and we've also got the big Ponami Pathway build happening which is going to be a big new tourism um, centre for the west coast and it's going to be at the end of the Transalpine so that's actually just started in um, Greymouth as well and we have some big commercial builds planned so it's a bit of a turning point for our district so that's also creating a lot of construction work so tradies and a lot of people are very busy right now And are you getting the people to do the work down there Tania? Well, with Mears Task Force jobs as well, there is a lot of new apprentices. I think we did 63 new apprenticeships over the last year and a half, which has um, gone out to support the industry, but it's still that skilled workforce. We still need um, people coming into our district to work on these jobs, work in many sectors, actually. We need we need them for across the board, and we you know, certainly need it to help these projects progress. Now, when it comes to youth programs, you've got a mayoral uh, program that, you can train these students, but I've heard a bit more from down there. What do you know about you getting success there with taking students on and giving them jobs and sort of tying them down so they can pay it back? Yes, well, that was Development West Coast. They also have um, a scholarship program, which they, they give out, I think it's about six a year, and they actually are scholarships that they fund their education and training at university, and then they bond them back to the West Coast because we need those skilled workers. So that's been a great initiative as well, especially in those sectors, um, engineering and health, place things like that where we really, really need those skills. So hopefully those young people will come back because they've got a lot of opportunity and a lot of skill that we need, and, and throughout Mia's task force for jobs as well that we also work on. We have those 63 apprentices and there's a lot of um, funding and opportunities out there at the moment for young people to get into employment, more than I think we've ever seen before. Now, when we talk employment, you and I spoke once before of uh, the fishing industry down there. How's that going? Are they getting locals or are they getting offshore people? Well, again, they are still an industry that is struggling to get staff and um, they certainly require more and if more were coming in, I'm sure there is certainly opportunities. Um, certainly like the fuel prices is actually, you know, really affecting a lot of these industries at the moment, but um, they're still ticking along very busy down there at the port and we have a lot of infrastructure, new infrastructure going into our port and projects that council are working on to improve those infrastructure for the port users Hi. Now, talk, talking about um, seafaring, have you heard anything down there? I've seen a bit, and I've always thought, I must ask Tanya, what's the chances of increasing coastal shipping trade? Because you don't have any roads to upkeep, you don't have any speed limits or weight limits. 
Is it being investigated at all? It is being investigated, and again, um, the government are very keen on it, but industry still drives these things, doesn't it? And, you know, we have the Western Mineral Sands that have um, leased a portion of our port, and they are starting to look at ways of um, shifting that out of our port and out of the Buller port. So the PGF funding we got to support our ports and to build this new infrastructure, that's really what it's aimed at, is keeping those ports open and alive and running, because um, it is sensible option but again we need to get those uh, mineral operations up and running we need to have things to freight in and out and it needs to be viable of course it does yeah right now this is a uh, holiday edition can we talk a bit more about your scenic attractions down that way tanya Oh, well, again, I think, you know, that um, we have the tourists are, are starting to roll back in and they're starting to see tour buses and it's great to see. But again, one problem comes with another. And now that that's returning, we need more people to work in um, this hospitality industry. But, you know, we are seeing, you know, many people starting to come through from around New Zealand and overseas. And we've got so much here for people to do. Most of it through the untamed natural wilderness, as we call it, but cycle trails and, um, We've got the West Coast icons and we have got this new Pineamo Pathways that is being built that's due to open next year, but also the Transalpine, which is one of the top ten trips in the world. And, and listening to Kiwi Rail last week at the Conference for Tourism, you know, they're looking at um, packages and, and ways to get um, people back into the regions. And the Transalpine is certainly a like top-quality um, product. And with the Pineamo Pathways, that is going to be the big quality um, tourism experience that they will get when they get off that when that is eventually finished. So, I mean, we have our lake runners and docks, and you know, there's where there's also a new zip line being built down in Hokitika that's due to open as well. So, there's so much to see and do. We live in a really beautiful place. Can you explain what the zip site is? It's a bit ahead of me. <laughs> Well, it's the treetop walk. Um, so the treetop walk winds and you walk around the tops of the trees and then um, now they've put a zip line off the top of it that you can actually sail through the trees on the zip line. So that's due to open any time now. I have seen a, a quick video of someone giving it a trial, so it's nearly here as well. So that would produce a lot of screaming if it was a female, would it? Not necessarily either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did say when I watched this, I said, oh, I have to um, think if I'm going to actually do that and try that one. But it's, uh, it looks like it's going to be a great addition to the West Coast. And, you know, the West Coast, um, the scenic trail goes through, or the wilderness trail runs through Greymouth, through to Hokitika and through to Ross, and, and that actually passes that by. So we have all these lovely cycle trails that are, very, very popular, especially with that domestic tourist market. Ah, yeah. Now, when you talk tourism down there, as we spoke before, we went to air about it. What's the state of your roads down there? I mean, the roads down there, from my experience, and that was back in the year 2000, they were pretty good, but uh, there's been a bit of rain since and a bit more traffic on them. How are you faring? We're not fair. Well, we're just having the same issues as everywhere else in the district. And our state highways, I think there's a lot more maintenance and a lot of, um, lot more that can be done on them. But I guess NZTA or Whakakotahi are, are still in the budget constraints that we are. Um, we have, you know, miles and miles or kilometres of roads and trying to keep up with them with the budgets and the, um, the rate take that we get is always a challenge. So I think we're seeing it all around the country, but I don't think, you know, speed reduction is not always the way forward. It's, I think sometimes 
because some of that maintenance hasn't been done and some of the safety issues need to be addressed. Yes, because they're having a bit of trouble up north there where they said uh, if you have had problems with the road and damage to your vehicle, lodge a claim with Fulton Hogan, I think, but I wouldn't be sure about that, but the road hasn't uh, stood up to all the heavy holiday traffic so far, so uh, fingers crossed on that one. What about... Yes, Sorry? I was just going to say, and like, so we've got a lot of um, deferrals in our bridging network, a lot of one-way bridges, and um, same with the um, Whakakotahi roads. And, you know, they're not really fit for purpose for the traffic that they're starting, or they have been seeing over the years, and it's, it's time for them to be upgraded. But, again, budget constraints, it's very frustrating. Ah, yes, yeah. Right, well, whereabouts do you end in uh, West? Then, does it, yeah, it is Westland start because I was sort of thinking about attractions like uh, Shantytown. Yes, we certainly have Shantytown and, and that's going great guns. That's um, got a lot happening out there and it's had a lot of great events lately as well. And um, Lake Brunner is the other gem in the Grey District. Call it the jewel in our crown. And you know, they are actually creating a new Lake on a scenic trail out there it's, and the Transalpine does go through there and it's absolutely beautiful. We have so many places that you can visit on the West Coast for free as well. There's some um, tourism attractions that you pay for but it's a great place to bring the kids and have an easy, cheaper, reasonable holiday. Yes. Now, the Punakaiki rocks, well, they're, they're a pretty standard feature but I was going to ask you, are there other thermal locations similar to what's up the Copeland River Valley area? Um, we don't specifically. We do have the, um, there is the hot pools down in Franz Joseph. They were closed through COVID and hopefully they're getting back to a stage where they can be running. And we do have a lot of natural geothermal um, and there is some sites, but they're not not normally well sighted and posted and they're out in creeks and bushes and all oh, sorts yeah. of places. <laughs> yeah, the last thing you want to do is sort of uh, have someone advocating pushing a road up to them. <laughs> No. It's a future prospect, though, that's for sure. Hey? It's a future prospect for some of them that could be tapped into, that's for sure. Oh, I don't see why not, why we couldn't exploit some of those places, because there's people that uh, are not as fit as what they used to be, and they wouldn't be able to walk <laughs> into the places, and I can think of one straight away. But uh, What about the glacier country? Uh, we hear so much about uh, glaciers retreating, but uh, those of us that have done a bit of our homework for school we realise that they do recede with uh, the temperature and what's going on? Well, they certainly do um, recede, well they are receding at the moment but there's certainly ways to still view them and I mean the helicopters, they are the best way to see them and they are normally running all the time down there and you certainly can get the best view and you can even get off up on the top there and stand out on the snow. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for all your help there, Mia Tanya Gibson. Thank you for your time, and you relax over the holiday period because 2023 is going to be a very challenging year. It is. It's going to have some ups and downs, but it's going to come with a lot of good as well. Thank you, Tanya. Next week, we'll be back to our regular program with more interesting guests and personalities.
This show was made at Access Radio Taranaki with help from New Zealand On Air. To find more local content, go to www.accessradiotaranaki.com.